curbing crisis mode. And a lot of times it is, but I think we can truly, if somebody comes in with a crisis or multiple crisis in a day, um, give it a week, give it a month, give it six months, and you can truly look back and be able to see all that God has done over the course of that time and how He provided. It is nothing that you have done because we're not here to fix anyone. It is truly about being a vessel for Him and waiting on Him to provide. From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. Today, I am excited to introduce to you another Care Cohort alumni. Today, we are talking with Jessica Howard of 121 Community Church in Texas. And I invited Jessica to come on the podcast because I wanted you to hear from someone who was just starting out in the role of a care leader when they joined the cohort. Jessica has been in ministry for 10 years, but her role in the care department in her church only started one year ago. That was a few months before joining the cohort. Jessica spent many of her early years living in Arizona, but her teen years in Louisiana after her mom had remarried. And Jessica was the friend that everyone would go to. And you're going to understand why when you hear her share. She's an incredible listener. She is kind and she continuously brings a conversation back to the Lord. I was the one that people would come to and share things with. Um, I was the one that would listen and share ideas, but also point them back to the Lord and I would say that came over years yeah. more so and learning how to do that even for myself mm-hmm. so was true. seeking the Lord in those areas of my life, but then being able to share that with others. And that's a part of discipleship, really. Mm-hmm. Who taught you that? I would say when my husband and I first started attending 121 Community Church, 21 years ago, (laughs) this was the place where we had small group leaders that were pouring into us, Mm -hmm. equipping us as leaders, teaching us how to study God's word, teaching us how to pray. And from there, being able to then share that with others. Mm -hmm. So I would say it was really in our mid to late 20s. It's so important that time, right? You you're independent from your parents, but you you can either turn that dependence onto yourself or onto your spouse or your friends or to God. And it's when mm-hmm. I think back, um, I, I there's definitely there was I definitely wasn't a straight pathway. You know, all who wander are not lost. Kind of that phrase of figuring that out, but it takes a little bit to figure that out, doesn't it? It really does. Mm. 
and still am, right? Yeah. Constantly learning. True, true story. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having a conversation with someone yet the other day, and it was just like, no, like the challenges that I'm facing right now, you know, not dramatic and huge. Um, can pull me and weigh me down, but I just have to keep the focus that this is not the purpose. This is not the defining moment or defining issue of life. And and God has it has plans, and and they don't begin or end in this moment. That they're ongoing, and I just yeah, it's hard to keep that that perspective sometimes, even today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even today. <laughs> oh, that's such wisdom though. Oh, it is. It is. Mm. So um, you've been in care ministry for how long, Jessica? Well, <laughs> <laughs> formally or informally, how, where do we begin? So tell us right. your story. Tell us your story. <laughs> well, um, when I was younger and my parents divorced, we sought counseling at that time. After seeing a counselor, I was interested in becoming one. Okay. I have my undergrad in psychology mm-hmm. and then began to work on my master's in biblical counseling. But life happened mm-hmm. and I was not able to finish my degree. However, it set a foundation for what I get to do on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Um, and so I have been on staff with 121 Community Church in Grapevine, Texas for 10 years. And for nine of those years, I served as our women's life groups minister. So care was already in place, but mostly it would come up through life groups to the leaders, then to myself and to our men's minister. Last year, our leadership team Last year, our leadership team approached me for a new opportunity in helping to develop a new role as a care minister. And our church has always had the heart for our members, for our community, and the hope was to bring a culture of care. I love that. So you've been in ministry for 10 years, but working in a different area, different function. Um, What was it that was kind of that moment, what caused your leadership or why did your leadership say now is the time that we need to develop a, like you said, care was happening organically and through the different ministries, but why, why did, well, maybe you don't know, but why do you think that now or a year ago, your church decided, okay, we need to start more of a a intentional care ministry? That is an excellent question. (laughs) And I don't know that I know the full answer, but I will say we were seeing needs Mm. that were um, probably needs we had not seen before 2020. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure to care for our people well Mm -hmm. and being able to do that strategically through the care ministry area. I think that's a familiar story for many people. Because when someone thinks of, oh, yeah, my church cares for people, there's meals or visitation, a prayer team, uh, you know, maybe there's um, pastoral care or, or um, 
marriage, premarital counseling, or there's different components of care. Maybe there's even a benevolence team. Like there's a lot of different components of care that churches are doing, but you're not the first person. I actually think there was in the whole cohort, I think at least half had been new to care or at least under three years in care ministry. So I think this is pretty common for churches where they're um, they're recognizing that the this, the needs are the demand is increasing the needs of the congregants in their community and and that the church is a place where people are going for support. Absolutely, and what a humble yeah, yeah. honor it is to be that place where yeah. people feel safe enough to come right. and ask for help or to. Um, help to give resources for those needs that that are there for them. Mm, it really is. You know, you see people at the most vulnerable points of their life. You know, we we think of, you know, I, I this morning I was running late for getting my kids on the bus. It's for us at today at recording, we are day four of our school year. So the morning routine is still brand new. Um, and so I was running late and I was like, my my daughter Adelia, she's like, Mom, you don't have to wear nice clothes. Just come out. And because the bus stop is quite close to our house. And I was like, no, no, I need to go out. Like I need I can't wear my my sweats and my sleep shirt out. Like, no, no, I need to get dressed. And so often we want to present our best self to people, but in and you feel vulnerable and exposed when you when you, you know, are your true self in and what a trusting, vulnerable space that is for people when they can come sometimes at their lowest moments of their life. And, and we have the honor to walk with them, to be and sit and support and hear their stories. It's, it really is, a, a, a like you said, an honor. Yeah. Yeah, good point. So when you first, a year, you started a year ago, um, what did you feel when you, when they first told you about this rule? <laughs> Were you like, what is that? And I don't know what to do. <laughs> As you said, we have had right. different areas of care, right? right? And so really it was more so streamlining mm. them and putting them in a place where people really knew where to go. Mm. Um, but it was lots of prayer behind it. Um, and really just asking the Lord, is this what he desires, not only for me, but for the church? Right. And is that what he sees next in those yeah. steps? So what drew you to the care ministry cohort? You know, it, it was very soon, now that I think of it, after you started the care ministry uh, at your church. So why was that? Why, why did you join at that moment and maybe not wait? Like, what was it about it that drew you to, to join the cohort? A mutual friend of ours <laughs> had um, known that I had just started in this role. And she connected you and I together. I was very interested in the cohort because I wanted to learn about tools and resources from you and from others um, who had had experience in this particular role that I did not have. Yeah. Um, and so being together each week was just so encouraging to my heart, but also um, it just reminded me that we are not alone mm. in this because there are times where you can feel that 
loneliness within the care ministry, but I also think within ministry in general. Um, So it was really nice to have that support network uh, and know that we were all in it together, that it was a safe space for us too, Mm -hmm. to be able to share ideas and, um, and truly to be able to gain insight from others. So what was a highlight for you then? Um, You know, having last week, we talked with um, Kathleen um, and she's been in this for years and years and years and years, 23 years she's been in this and you, this was your first year. So you might have taken something different than maybe Kathleen experienced. So can you share what kind of was your highlight or takeaway piece for you? I would say uh, one of the highlights for me would be um, learning that when we had set up a class that was supposed to be launched last fall Mm -hmm. in 2022, it took us three different tries for the type of material um, to find what was right for our culture. Mm. And we literally just launched the class last week, a whole year later. So I would say our pastor, our leadership um, allowed that space and time, and they were gracious enough in that and entrusted our team to bring about the right material. So one of the things that I learned from the cohort and a highlight from that would be that it is okay if you try something and it doesn't work out the first time. It usually doesn't, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) It doesn't. But to keep trying and to find what does fit for your church and for your culture and for your community, because you won't know if you don't try. Oh, I love that. You know, rather than trying to force fit something because it's a popular program or, you know, this church does it or that church does it or it works for them, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. And I love that, that you had the freedom. And there was certainly sharing of people who were saying, I tried this and it utterly failed. No (laughs) one was interested in it. Or what worked in the past is no longer working. What do we do? What, how do we go about it? (laughs) Absolutely. There was definitely a lot of sharing of that for sure. Yeah. That's so good. I'm glad you found something. Well, it launched last week. So uh, hopefully there's some, you know, some traction there for you guys. Absolutely. We're excited and it allowed the opportunity and I'll share this in a little bit, but it allowed us the opportunity to really train and equip our leaders to be completely prepared for what the Lord had planned for this class. That's awesome. Um, So did you, was there training for this or did you pause on the class and then add training? I'm just going for it, you know, just following. (laughs) Sure. No, we, um, through the course of finding the right material, we went through training and equipping our leaders for this class, along with the other classes that we launched this fall, um, to be able to have that just on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. to where we all felt comfortable enough to launch what the Lord had. Yeah. And did you get any feedback from your people? Like, were they like, Oh, I, you know, thank you, or this was too much, or what was kind of the feedback you had from your volunteers? Our volunteers are incredible. It has been so incredible to watch the Lord bring those who have the passion, Mm -hmm. the experiences, 
um, from their past to be able to just come in and say, I want to serve in this capacity. So our leaders for truly all of the particular different areas of care that fall under that umbrella, they are so capable and so willing to be able to walk with others in those spaces. Mm. So the training would be, we would meet on a monthly basis. We would go through the material um, for this particular class that launched last week. And we did that through the spring and the summer so that we all felt really prepared and ready to be able to launch well. I love that. You slowed it right down, right? You weren't so much worried about keeping up with the Joneses or maintaining uh, or just filling in the schedule for the sake of having something, but really pulled it back and said, okay, what would work for our people where, you know, let's build up our teams. And I think in building your teams, I'm sure that the people who went through that training were themselves tooled to, to, to help their own friends and family and themselves. And so it's, it's not a race. That's the thing with care is that it's, it's, you're never trying to just fill a need or, um, you know, plan that like do a schedule or, or have something to announce. It's really figuring out what's going to work for your church and your people. I love that. So good. So good. So, um, so that was a highlight. Do you have something um, from the cohort that you would say is something you're working on ongoing um, or that's kind of like prepping you? Because we finished a couple months ago and and the biggest feedback that I received was there was so much information. This is going to take us a while to get through. Uh, so where are you guys now? Looking back um, and being able to see the biggest takeaway would probably be with the four components that we discussed throughout those five months. Mm. And obviously, they are broken down accordingly each week so that it's not so much uh, <laughs> be in your face and overwhelming at the same time. Um, the vision would be the first component mm-hmm. that we took away and making sure that the care vision fits with our church vision. Mm -hmm. And for us at 121, that is continuing to build a culture of care while leading people to live for Christ. Mm -hmm. So I would say the first component of the four, and then the second one would be the systems and policies component. This one was huge (laughs) for us. Because this was a whole new role, as we had said. And so having the tools and resources that you had created and that others within the cohort had Mm -hmm. created um, just allowed us to take what works for us Mm -hmm. at 121 and then build out those policies that best fit our church. Um, And then I'd say the third, which is the team development And um, that equipping of our leaders, continual training and development uh, for them to walk well with those that are lost, broken, stuck, or all the above, um, and how to do that well as they're walking alongside those people. Um, And so I want to strengthen that sense of belonging for not only our team, but for our church body. 
uh, to where they have a purpose and then give that hope, which can only be found in Christ. Mm. Um, And then the fourth component (laughs) is having those uh, strategic ministries. And so I mentioned kind of towards the beginning of how the Lord just helped to bring people to serve in varying capacities. And our aim is not to meet every single need Mm. because we can't. We can't. I I can't even tell you. I kind of, I think people are sick of me saying that you can't do all things for all people. (laughs) You cannot, um, or you will wear yourself down quickly. And so having these strategic ministries in place, it allows us to really be focused on the people as well as to meet the needs for where we are best equipped to help. So the four components for me and our team personally are continuing to be utilized and will continue to be utilized as we move forward, just knowing the ebb and flow of change and the needs. Mm -hmm. Um, But those four components will be consistent for sure. That was a really good summary. And I promise people, I did not tell her to say any of those. I promise you. She did not. No, I did not. But I was like, oh, wow, you're summarizing the whole thing right there. Oh, my goodness. Well, it was such a pleasure to have you a part of the cohort. Um, it was such a joy for you, um, to be a part and share. And I think that was one of the cool things. And I said this last week as well, is that I, you know, I had this idea that, okay, I think, you know, a group is what we need to do because everyone keeps asking me, what are other churches doing? And I was like, I'm, I can't answer that because let's just get all the other churches into the same call and we can just ask each other. And there's just so much more value to that than you trying to do it alone and, and just wonder if you're doing the right thing. Because who knows, the right thing is different for each church and each community. Your, your care ministry is as unique to your church as the people as the people you serve are unique and and it's just I'm just thrilled to hear that you um that you are navigating it at your pace you you're taking pause seeking the lord saying okay god you know we're not in a rush we're not there's no urgency because with care ministry it can feel very urgent. Your needs are urgent. I'm going to be kicked out of my house tomorrow. I have no food. You know, I'm going to first surgery, you know, in two days. And like, there's just all of this urgency wrapped around it. And I think it's really refreshing to hear that you are slowing that pace down and ensuring that you're taking it as you need it. So I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I, it was an, it was truly an honor to be a part of the group, to learn from others, um, to hear things that work and what doesn't work and to try over and over um, if it doesn't. But knowing that the Lord is going before us Mm -hmm. always. You talked about um, care being crisis mode, and a lot of times it is. But I think we can truly if somebody comes in with a crisis or multiple crisis Mm -hmm. in a day, um, give it a week, give it a month, give it six months. And you can truly look back and be able to see all that God has done over the course of that time and how he provided. Mm -hmm. It is nothing that you have done. 
because we're not here to fix anyone. Mm-hmm. It is truly about being a vessel for him and waiting on him mm-hmm. to provide. If you could send yourself a voice memo or a letter or an email, maybe not even a year ago, I'm thinking a bit further back when the Lord was prompting you that there's something coming. This isn't, you know, women's ministry is not where things end. There's something, I have something more for you. If you could give, send yourself a message back in those early days, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know today? I would say it is about trusting in the Lord and his processes and what he has planned and that we get to be a part of what it is that he is going to do. To be a vessel for him is such a gift. And so really being able to enjoy it. Mm. That's what I would say. Mm. Um, and then bring the laughter. We need it. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> Don't be afraid to laugh at yourself or the situation. Oh, Correct. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast. I am so grateful that you you were a part and that we can now call each other friends. And um, I just think you are such a wonderful example of, of someone who was willing to seek God above all, but brave to try new things. And and I just am so thankful that you joined the podcast. I am so grateful that we get to know each other now. <laughs> Thank you. And for all that you do, um, truly bringing so many tools and resources and really a sense of community to us who um, are in the thick of it every day. It is a blessing in what you're doing. And we just thank you for putting all of this together for us. Truly my pleasure. I am so grateful for Jessica and everyone who's been a part of the care cohort so far. Everyone brings so much wisdom and compassion to the group. And as you heard from Jessica, she is so empathetic, compassionate, and wise. Every week coming together was a highlight. If you want to learn more about the care ministry cohort, or, or register for any upcoming groups, make sure you go to careministrycohort.com or you can scroll down and click the links in the show notes below. I hope you have enjoyed listening to Jessica's story and hearing some of the benefits or, or the resources or tools. I hope you get ideas from those, whether the cohort is right for you or not. I just hope that this episode has encouraged you. So grateful for you. Thank you so much for listening and take care.